Welcome to Towards a Smart World. This is your host, Bruce Saunders, and I'm pleased to be joined today by Candy Williams, the head of content design at Bumble, and a content leader who loves nothing more than supporting her team, solving complex content ops challenges, and flying the important flag for inclusive design. By night, she's a published author of four books and counting. When she's not waging war against unnecessary jargon and inaccessible head-scratching content, you'll probably find her tweeting when she should be sleeping, growing her crystal collection, desperately trying to meditate more, or seeking out more brightly colored kicks. Candy, it's a pleasure to have you on Towards a Smarter World. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to be here. Well, I would love to just start out with why you love content so much. I'm a big fan of your tweet stream and everything that uh, comes across as advocacy for content. Where did your love for content get started? What is your content superhero origin story? Yeah, really, really good question. So I guess it depends how far back we want to go. I always think that my original love for content started with my first very, very clunky, large, oversized computer screen where I used to word process all kinds of strange, weird and wonderful stories. English language narrative has always been something that I have been fascinated by and very interested in to the point that when I was at university, I specialised in kind of multimodal English language and linguistics. So focusing on social linguistics and psycholinguistics. So how language impacts how people feel, how they behave, how they perceive the world and society. I also did a lot on language and comprehension, so how people understand and acquire languages, and also semantics and pragmatics, so meaning, perception, connotations of languages and dialects. I spent a lot of time analysing political speeches, actually, and how political language and speeches are used to persuade or dissuade people. So those were, I suppose, yeah, quite pivotal points in my content journey long before I ever kind of found the world of content design and content strategy and all of that good stuff. But I've been lucky because I think when I left university, the options on the table for English grads were journalism or teaching, which are both great jobs, but weren't necessarily kind of where my head was at. So I spent a year or so kind of lost in random jobs trying to find my path before I kind of found content and digital content as a career, which I'm very grateful for taking that step and that leap away from HR (laughs) into the digital content world and, and never looking back, so to speak. Content, in the way you're describing it, is incredibly powerful. It is the arbiter of human understanding and behavior. And interesting that you have spent such amount of brain space in your development process uh, on the philosophical and semiotic and linguistic side of content, really understanding how sign and symbol image and impression shape the human perception and therefore our our action. Can you reflect a little bit more on what inspires you about the power of this stuff we call content? 
Yeah, of course. I think that sometimes we don't actually see and realise it. And I think that's what kind of the breadth of the work I did on linguistics really helped with, like right through from how children so beautifully acquire multiple languages early on and use language to kind of make sense of the world. And I think, you know, that really kind of stems in with what we do now. We don't necessarily kind of always have over awareness of the impact that language and content has on us if you look at it from a digital perspective it's always very interesting to me that content is up for debate when arguably the entire internet is content so I think it's almost something that is so important that we almost don't recognize how it's the core foundations of everything that we rely on in in many ways kind of both on and offline yes I just think it's incredibly powerful there's so many different things you know you know kind of global language inclusive language so many different aspects to it which I just find continually fascinating for sure so it is baffling then why when content is truly at the base of everything an organization is and does and how it expresses itself in the world and and what its product does and how it interacts with customers and just all of it is mediated through and with content and yet content gets shuttled into being a backwater as part of the larger conversation very very often both conversations within design and ux but also at the it's a strategic level in terms of how funding happens around content it is stunning to me uh, that these two things are simultaneously true the proliferation and importance of content as well as the lack of its adequate treatment sponsorship and um, asset-based handling so i'm curious um what you see as in a product organization the right relationship between content and product how do those teams best work together in your experience and after that we'll talk a little bit about sponsorship yeah good question I personally, and I would say this, I'm completely biased. I don't see how you can separate or distinguish content and product. Content is at the heart of your product. I am often, (laughs) I find it interesting because I'm just yet to find an example of products that aren't heavily, yeah, content, content led I think what happens a lot, though, isn't it, is, you know, we kind of work in these environments where people see big tech um, and there's almost like a complexity scale where we know that a lot of people kind of assume that because they can write, because, yeah, they have a good grasp of grammar, etc., that they can do the content in a way that, you know, a lot of people may not feel comfortable delving into a code base. So I think it's really important that, you know, we do really see content design strategy as a skill and a source of expertise in the exact same way we see coding, UI, visual design, etc. I think that's pivotal. And you know, linguistics and you know that's something that's close to me is is exactly that. It's a science of language. And one thing I've been pondering on a lot recently is we almost sometimes I think there's a dismissal of words as not being important whereas actually for literal centuries words have shaped perception shaped movements 
changed how people feel about things. They've been at the heart of how we communicate with each other and with the world. So their fundamental importance has never been in question. I think we just sometimes get caught up with the shiny and the new and the tools and the technology and don't give enough focus to the crucial content that's underpinning all of that. Yeah. It's interesting that content gets more and more support over the years. But as you pointed out in your tweets, there's this gap between many executives that do not really understand what content even is, let alone value it as part of the design and development process. Can you tell us a little bit about how that's affected your career and and what you've done about it? Yeah, so I feel like there's always a lot of advocacy, right? But I've never really... Yeah, I'm trying to think. I suppose I've worked in agencies for a while where it's slightly different to a degree because people are kind of paying for an investment in content. But other than that, I think every role I've had over the last decade or so has had a significant degree of advocacy within it, which I think is kind of part of our paths and part of our roles in many ways. I think it would absolutely, we've hit the point now where content is so pivotal and, you know, content roles are growing and growing. I think it is fundamental that product leaders and product execs If they don't know and aren't clear on the importance of content design and content strategy, they really should be because it's something that is just growing and growing, which is great to see. I also think how we approach the advocacy is really important because one thing that I've worked a lot with and toyed with a lot is, you know, fundamentally, like a lot of people don't know what they don't know, right? So people may well have simply only worked with uh, copywriters before. They don't necessarily have any awareness of the different quadrants of content strategy, of the work that goes into governance. You know, people aren't going to know on surface value the level of content debt that's lurking under the surface, the importance of readability, etc. So one thing I think is really important is that we show as well as just telling right because I think that when you care about something so much at the beginning it can be so easy to just go well I think this is really important so you know I don't understand why people don't think it's really important too and I'm doing my content audits and I'm doing my governance plans and I need to do my stakeholder interviews and that can be quite overwhelming to people you know So I think one of the things I've really tried to do is just bring people along the journey and kind of show them, you know, why you're doing what you're doing as well as what. So rather than showing people the intricacies of, you know, my 100 column spreadsheet for a content audit, it's looking at, you know, what is that? What's the benefit of that? What's the so what of that? Uncovering actually we've got content that's five years old that no one's read in ages and has, you know, a readability grade (laughs) that's sky high. The word count is... 4,000 and people are spending 30 seconds on it, you know, I think really helping people to understand why it's important, not just the what and what happens beneath the surface is something that I found really, really useful. What are some more of those examples of those metrics and what's happening beneath the surface that are compelling to folks just understanding why to invest time, cycles, resources, budget (laughs) in teams that are focused on content? Yeah, so I think there's a number. So firstly, the thing to shift away from is a notion that content is just your tone and your voice, which is one of the biggest things that I see as a kind of knowledge gap. So is tone and voice will always be important, of course. 
if people think that's all content is, they then start to think that they just need a copy of the tone and voice PDF and they can do it themselves. There's a lot more to, as we all know, content strategy and content design than that. I think some of the important metrics that have always been helpful for me are readability and comprehension. Like what would be the point in us investing all of this time in creating content if fundamentally people aren't finding, using, reading and critically understanding it. So that beds right into our structure, how we structure content for readability for people's skimming and scanning patterns for accessibility etc I think another one is efficiency I see time and time again with organizations duplication of content no governance process which just bloats your website or app which makes it harder for people to find people reinventing the wheel as the time gets as um the team grows and not learning from each other and kind of maintaining those efficiencies that you can get from clear style guide content design systems etc so I think those are some really key ones for me accessibility readability and comprehension and efficiency as well as you know many many more those are some kind of critical ones I always say like if you've got all the time and all the money in the world don't invest in content design or content strategy like if you haven't you should because fundamentally it will help to save you time and money and it will help to make sure your products resonate like that's the bottom line in many ways You know, this dichotomy between value and how that value gets expressed in within teams in terms of allocation of resources has come across in some of your tweets. You had a tweet about um, that said justifying value and why content matters is actually exhausting, folks. Content is crucial. There is no counter argument. Not sorry. Design and UX leaders need to take note of both. Can you expand for the listeners maybe some of the battles you've had to fight over this and what progress you're seeing? Yeah, 100%. And I think it's an ongoing, I think it's an ongoing thing for sure. But I think it's worth it. One thing I would say is it's worth it for sure. There's fundamental change that we need, but some of the things that I've seen are really effective and far more effective than any kind of PowerPoint or presentation on why content design are content designers or strategists being embedded in projects making a real difference, working closely with um, designers, product managers, etc. And people seeing hands-on the impact that can make and the snowball effect that that has, winning allies and friends along the way. And then before you know it, everyone kind of wants a piece of content, et cetera, et cetera. I think another thing that I think a lot of is day-to-day, like if you try and fight fire with fire, like all that happens is everyone gets burned, right? So one of the things that I always do is I check myself when I think, oh, that person doesn't understand content when I thought that previously in my career or this is really frustrating because I feel like I'm having to repeat myself and I ask myself how much do I understand about their role and their motivations and that's been really helpful so I almost do kind of as you would do with a bit of like a user profiling and understanding your users I try and do that with the teams that I'm working with so this person in product managers, what is their main motivation? What are their metrics? What are their drivers? What are they going after? And how does my work fit in with that? The same with legal and compliance. I often find 
perhaps controversially, like some of the biggest allies you can have because they want to know that content is risk-free, that people understand it, that it's compliant, etc. So I think like readability are key things that I found like legal and compliance teams are really involved in. So it's meeting in the middle in A's. So I think really understanding people, what their motivations are and how your working content aligns with those is one thing that I found super beneficial. Thank you. And you've uh, addressed uh, different roles in content and how those are creating and supporting those content workflows. Can you share a little bit about your vision around roles and who are the different team members within an efficient content team? And what gaps do you see that might might be missing for organizations? From a content perspective? Yeah, exactly. Just for content and content ops, everything surrounding the operational environment that creates high performing, high quality content. Yeah, 100%. So I think, you know, there's no perfect answer here. And I think we go, as content people, we, you know, we go around in circles around what kind of perfect structures and perfect roles look like. Um, I think a lot of it's trial and learning what works. But I think some of the things I do think are really important is having a career, clear kind of career ladders for content people to go in. In different ways, I hear a lot about this kind of constant battle between IC and manager which I think is a really interesting one to explore. At Bumble, we have part of both, which I think is really important. I personally think it's really important to have folks that have hold responsibility for different areas of your content ops. Obviously, it's great to have someone dedicated working on content ops and content strategy, but I think how they align with the rest of the team is so, so important, right? One of the roles I think is just critical that we're seeing more and more of is you need that content leadership in place. Um, And I know not everywhere has that, but one thing I've reflected on, you know, a lot is it's very hard for people who are kind of doing practical on the ground, so to speak, content design or content strategy work to then have to be the ones that are constantly advocating for that work. Like I tweeted a while ago and I was like, it's so funny because it's like um, inviting, like Gino DiCampo, who's an Italian chef, it's like inviting him to your kitchen to cook you this meal and then like standing over him and like trying to stir the pot, asking him why he's chopping the onions, asking him why garlic's going in that and like why he's in your kitchen anyway. (laughs) Like I feel like you need to give people space to do their best work and I think that's why content leadership is critical I see a big part of my role is just creating a space for my team to be able to do their work best work and not have to answer a million times over the endless questions around kind of content design and what it is so I think you know there's a number of roles and structures out there but I do think that that level of kind of content leadership is really really important and I notice a lot actually people their reporting lines so a lot of people will say you know that they haven't necessarily had a leader or a manager who's been a content specialist before and I think that's really important as we see roles and teams continue to involve how we build out that kind of leadership layer in content. No, content ops are getting more attention and funding we've seen in in, uh, certain enterprises where ops teams, uh, content services organizations are being put together to help really maintain the infrastructure operations, supply chains, and roles related to the engineering of content across organizations. 
you're right. I mean, a lot of that gets done accidentally. So you, somebody that's a content designer who's the chef working, you know, the artist working to get content to perform in a strategic way is also being encumbered by having to run the kitchen and and advocate for the fact that there even is a kitchen and that we need to create food, you know, <laughs> like, like they're having to do all of the infrastructure around content, but really the ops of content and, and managing the workflows and the alignment of the content structure and all of its semantics and its tags and it's, you know, all of the things that really make an orchestrated environment for content that takes attention, that takes focus, that takes somebody doing it. Who is that? Does that exist at, at Bumble and should it? Yeah, good question. So I've worked on both sides. So I've done the kind of dedicated content strategy and content ops role in my role at the moment because our team is smaller. A lot of the kind of content ops falls with me and we kind of divide some of it up against the team. I think as we grow, it's something that we'll definitely face into. But, you know, in answer to your question, the point is completely right. Like that stuff is important and it is absolutely critical and it needs to happen 100%. I think what I would say is in the early stages of maturity, what I hate to see people do is really beat themselves up if they don't have all of the workflows and the structures in place because that stuff doesn't happen overnight. It should happen early it should be in place. It's critical. But what I see a lot of at the moment is people that are trying to run around and do a content design role being really embedded in sprints and ways of working, but also then trying to kind of side hustle, if you will, their whole content operation strategy. And like, that is just not possible in many ways it's very hard and it should never be something that burns people out so one thing that I found is really helpful is being really clear and intentional on your content maturity so looking at where you are now where you're going and like the steps you need to get to get through there because yeah I think we can sometimes feel like if we haven't got it all together like we're failing as content people and like that is just not the case like some of this stuff takes time it takes investment it takes buy-in so yeah sometimes small and steady is the best we can do but you know that is that's super important too for sure that's great. Yeah. I was just speaking with somebody in England uh, on the last uh, episode of the podcast, uh, Simon McAvoy, who's the uh, global head of content services for Anaplan, a software company. And, and they've been working on this infrastructure around content. And it's the same thing you're saying. It's progressive steps over time. And, and he's had C-level sponsorship for the organization, but still even with a couple of years and visibility for that kind of content operational function is still fighting some of the very same battles for awareness, uh, resource, attention, and uh, integration into workflow that were there at the beginning. So it is a progressive process and perfection doesn't happen overnight, um, but it is good to be moving the ball forward and evolving the thinking in an organization. And as you pointed out, Bringing the data that aligns with stakeholders' uh, needs and the way that they express them, you know, whether that's, um, for example, I would imagine in product, it's things like user churn or conversion rates or velocity of the customer journey from discovery through engagement. These kinds of things are all metrics that content can influence that and that can be measured. So it's neat to see 
that business level conversation emerging in the organization. Any any thoughts on engendering that business conversation that we haven't touched on already? Yes, I totally agree. I do tend to find that there are, for want of a better phrase, tend to be synergies with the great work of content ops and content strategy and what <laughs> the things that most organizations tend to be focused on. So, you know, efficiency is always going to be one of them, isn't it? And I think, you know, having the foundations in place is so important. Like you just won't go faster or be more efficient by just only being focused on the delivery of content and not all of the things that go around it. So that's a critical one. But I think it's just finding those alignments. I think we're in a good place though in ways because everywhere wants an ops team, don't they at the moment? If product ops, research ops, design ops, etc. Like there seems to have been some recognition of that, which is a positive sign for us to bang the drum of content ops for sure. Well very good. And then there's just good old content strategy back in its original early days before content design was a thing. I'm curious about how you distinguish between content design and content strategy, if you do. And what are some of the questions that when we're thinking strategically about content, we should ask ourselves to verify that content is being used to serve customer need, not to be flashy? What is the essence of those sort of strategic questions? I think there's two questions in there, one about content strategy and, and design, and then one about how to get to that this, that essential core of, of what content needs to do to perform with our questions. Yeah, so content strategy and design are different. There's overlaps, but they're different. We also should always distinguish between them as titles and them as things, right? Because there's a lot of elements and you can do delivery of content strategy as a content designer, but as roles. They are different. I think that one is content strategy is a lot more of a free 60 point of view. You are like more embedded and more involved in things like the workflows, things like the governance, which are really, really critical, those critical foundations. I think some of the questions that fundamentally we should be asking ourselves is I always like to think of it as a big shift from the what to the so what. Like it would be wrong of me to say that creating content is the easy part, but it is, you know, it's one of, it's just one part of many, many things. You know, how is that content retired? How is it being used? How is it meeting both business goals and user needs? What happens if it doesn't meet those needs? How are we measuring it? How are users going to consume it? How are they going to find it? It's a lot, a lot of questions that we face into. I think a lot of things for me and for the work I do as well is around who is we and who are our users. I think that in um, tech, I'm very mindful of the fact that a lot of time we are homogenous folks who are largely very comfortable using fancy iPhones and MacBooks in one way and we are typically not very representative of our user bases and the many different socioeconomic statuses, ethnicities, disabilities, neurodivergence that come with that. So I think that that is a big, big question for me because we can have the fanciest personas in the world we can do the best stakeholder interviews but yeah fundamentally if it's all kind of on the decisions of folks that are very comfortable with tech and very homogenous in ways we're always going to have some oversight there thank you and 
For folks getting started in this powerful space, we have this broad array of potential places to plug in. And it seems like the content trades are hiring very, very rapidly now. It seems like there's um, more and more and more roles available within organizations really specifically focused on content today. And that wasn't wasn't the case a decade ago and certainly wasn't even the, to the level to which it is today. Uh, just even in the last few years, it's accelerating. What advice do you have for people getting started now in content design and content strategy? What sort of opportunities would you steer folks toward or things to look out for? And how, how should they find their niche, a place to advocate for themselves and the, and the role of content as they're choosing a path forward in the content space? Yeah, good question. I guess firstly, I would go back to what I said earlier and just remind people that content design strategy, whether you are just, you're not content design or strategy by title, but you're doing content design and strategy, right? I would encourage people to see it as a skill and a set of expertise in the same way that user research is, that coding is. And like that as a skill, it's one that we constantly need to grow, learn, develop, flex. Like I am constantly learning. I've never stopped learning and I don't think I, I ever will stop. But I would encourage people to just, yeah, check in with themselves and remind themselves that what they've got is a valuable skill and a valuable set of expertise. They're not there, although, you know, sometimes it may feel like that that content is absolutely a main character it's not something that's there to fill in boxes or replace Laura Mipson like what you do is critical and I think having that reminder is something that would have been useful for me kind of yeah earlier career when you do start to question yourself and doubt yourself of course another thing that I always reflect on is you know people not getting content is no personal reflection of content designers and content strategy it's related to a lot of things but largely down to maturity of where an organization is at with its content journey which doesn't mean that the content designers and strategists on the ground aren't doing an amazing job so I would encourage people just to you know continue to see it as a skill that they need to keep learning one thing I've been thinking a lot about recently is you know content design and strategy sure different job titles a lot of overlap content designers will always, always do well to understand, be aware of content strategy, content ops, and all of the great stuff that goes on beyond Figma files. So, you know, the many, many surrounding things, the stakeholder alignment, the problem definition is critical, the concept modeling, the templating, the workflows, etc. So yeah, constantly strive, I suppose, to know more and to understand more and to, yeah, make the most of the great skill that you have that is proven so much of what we're seeing on the hard days I like to remind myself that it was I struggled you know when I was looking for dedicated content design jobs there weren't any outside of London at all in kind of in-house that weren't agency based and you know now to see so many content design UX writing content strategy roles it's just heartwarming and, and, and speaks for itself in many ways I love it. 
I absolutely love I love how our industry has been unfolding in such a positive way. There's so many of us building on ramps into the industry as well. And your writing and your books and your advocacy really help people in that vein. Last year, we started a uh, YouTube series called uh, The Invisible World of Content, which kind of deals with all the structure and, and semantics and, and all of these things that I'm incredibly passionate about within the world of content. And, and that's, you know, just our kind of way of helping to onboard people to these concepts. And, and you're doing it every day. Our mutual friend, Christina Halverson, does it every day. And there's so many content leaders that are out there every day advocating for the role of content and helping others to find their leadership position uh, within the industry. So thank you for all that you've been adding to the conversation and that you'll add in the, in the years ahead. Are there any final advice uh, that you'd like to share, Candy, with listeners, any projects or resources you'd like to let people know about? Oh, two things I think that are useful. So I will share them on my Twitter and LinkedIn. But I am starting up Equity in Design, a book fund which aims to match folks from underrepresented communities who aren't able to maybe afford resources and the many, many great content design, content strategy books out there with some of those books. So the way it works is donations of actual hard copy books, also working with some publishers on ebooks. So we can make that global. So I can share some details of that because if anyone is interested in books and not able to afford them, like I don't want that to be a barrier. So hopefully that will help. The other thing that I'm doing, so very much to compliment the shout out to Confab and Button, the wonderful, wonderful content conferences that we've been blessed with and we're so fortunate to have. James Deer from Working in Content and I are hosting a content festival that's focused on working in content and content careers right through from breaking into content and making that first step to navigating leadership and it's focused on all things around careers also looking at things like burnout sabbaticals all of the stuff that people don't talk about one thing I would say is the first track so the breaking into career track is completely free so anyone listening there to this that is early career in content yeah pop to working in content's website and check out perspectives festival wonderful that's a way to make an awesome difference for a lot of folks and and if you'd like to check out the twitter feed of candy please visit at candy rights at c-a-n-d-i rights on twitter and you'll find some information about that book fund on her feed and we'll put that into the resources of this episode as well Candy, this has been an absolutely significant moment because it's connecting some very big worlds in content, the worlds of content design, strategy, engineering, early stage career, and the active content leadership that you represent having been raised in an industry that uh, has been driven by your passion for words and their power and put that into practice in the enterprise, affecting millions of people across the Bumble application through product and that leadership meeting the new generation and all of these disciplines coming together. That is a pivotal moment in the history of content. So thank you for sharing with us and we look forward to uh, continuing the conversation in the years ahead. Yeah, thank you for having me. And yeah, thank you for your wonderful podcast. Absolutely. Cheers, Candy. Thanks, everybody. This episode of Towards a Smarter World is brought to you by A, the Content Intelligence Service. 
Learn more about intelligent customer experience powered by content strategy, engineering, and operations at simpla.com. Yes.